friends, and welcome to a podcast unlike any other. With friends unlike any other. My name is Hayden, joining me, Josh and John, and we're here to talk about the thing that matters most in our lives. <laughs> yes, and? <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, what else? Oh no, the, the Masters Golf Tournament. The thing that brings us together, keep it in. Well, welcome to a tradition unlike any other, the Masters Podcast, live from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Hayden. Joining me is John and Josh. And we're excited because we are mere days away from Masters Week. I feel like this tradition, this this podcast should be called a tradition like Many things. <laughs> many, many things. <laughs> yeah. Lots of things like tradition, like lots of stuff. <laughs> no, no, no one does golf podcasting like we do, which is once every 18 months. <laughs> once whenever we feel like it. <laughs> we had we had tradition big... <laughs> like so many others. <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to you guys listening to this in November of 20. 21, um, we'll have had four majors by then when you hear this. 2,000 years later. Congrats to Bryson on winning another U.S. Open. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Anyways, we're really thrilled to be back together talking about what we do love, which is golf. Um, and the first thing we'd love to do is just pause and reflect on the Masters that, that happened, right? It feels almost just like yesterday in some ways right how long ago was our last masters tournament five months five and a half months yeah five months yeah wow. so how, how great like you know the pandemic's been awful mm-hmm. so many bad things obviously right. but there's these silver lining pieces like the masters twice in five months how great is that it's amazing i love your ability to find the positives yeah it's, it's amazing it's amazing and i think Right. So maybe even just going into that master's, right? We didn't really know what to expect, but in some ways we kind of did know what to expect, right? I mean, was DJ the favorite going in last year? I think he was pretty heavy. I mean, you know, I don't know if you guys remember, you know, we did our podcast and we talked about McElroy was so far ahead of everybody else as mm. far as who we liked yeah. going into that master's. And, um, you know, I'm sure we talked about DJ, but I just remember going on and on about, Rory. Well, mm-hmm. how about this? When the week was over, was any of us surprised that it was DJ by five no. shots? And the 2020 Masters. The long-awaited Masters has a long-awaited champion in Dustin Johnson. No, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. He came out of nowhere to shock anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, just he's, right. Nobody was shocked. It was just right. a, oh, that makes perfect. TJ made perfect sense as a Masters winner, mm-hmm. especially in a weird year. Right. And right, especially because there was the year that he really should have won right. the Masters as well. Were you talking about the year that he was injured? Or are you talking about the year that he actually... You mean the year that you drafted him first? The yes, Masters drafted, I drafted him first. And, and he, he may play. or may not have been pushed down the stairs at his rental house. <laughs> so no. I was so mad. I was still mad about it. <laughs> How did you end up in that pool that year? Uh, I think I just with my tail between my legs like I do in every master's pool. Well, per our master's pool, he got to sub him out. Okay. And so he got to take him out. He's injured. And I think he put uh, Kiradesh Affen uh, Barnrat in And really, what's the difference of DJ and, and Affen Barnrat? Affen Barnrat and DJ? Right, really. I'm freaking it's there. I think DJ's about the size of Affen Barnrat's right leg. So 
<laughs> DJ's a big guy. Right. And I mean, he can, he can, he can pack it in too, eating wise, right? I mean, he's got this incredible spread coming up for the Masters Champions dinner. Well, I would love to see Evan Barnrat's Masters menu. <laughs> that would be awesome. What, what would be on that? Well, camel cigarettes. DJ, the DJ. first day, the appetizer would be a pack of camels for everybody. We're just going to eat. We're going to eat the cigarettes. Not going to smoke them. <laughs> and then I think DJ is the next thing on the menu. <laughs> Uh, DJ's menu starts off with um, pigs in a blanket. Isn't That's all you need to know. Yeah, the, the appetizer is so pigs good. in a blanket, and then you move into obviously filet mignon and a fish dish. But wow! And then for dessert, what I love: apple pie, vanilla ice cream. Love it. The vanilla ice cream, and peach cobbler. The peach cobbler. Yeah. The vanilla ice cream is intentional. That dude's like, you know what? Vanilla ice cream. We're just gonna make sure we're on brand. Is he super smart? Yes. Or is he not? I, I listened to an interview with Butch Harmon, and Butch categorically says he is hyper-intelligent, and he plays an act, so he doesn't do a lot of interviews. But that's his boy. Is he not, is, he's not going to go there and say he's not intelligent. Yeah, but, yeah, I get it. I think he's really smart. I think he's got to be. I think, you know, to be a successful golfer, you can be really, really smart, or you can be not smart at all. That's right. Right. I mean, look and, at Look at Boo Weekly. <laughs> your boy. Which one is he? I'm confused. He owns your event. Well, he's a genius <laughs> to win the Heritage two times. All right. No, but I, I think, yeah. you know, I, I just love the way DJ approaches the game. I, I really love it. Whether he's smart or not, I don't know, but I love the way he approaches yeah. it. Well, DJ came out on top of, look at the leaderboard for last year. Yeah. Uh, really a strong leaderboard, but had a lot of good players that maybe hadn't been on a big stage before. You know, he mm-hmm. finished five shots clear of Cam Smith and uh, Sanjay M. Oh, my boy. A fantastic player. Uh, but then you have, you know, Justin Thomas, Rory was in the top five, uh, John Rahm top 10, Brooks Kepka top 10, Webb Simpson top 10, uh, Pat Reed top 10. You know, so you had a lot of big names, uh, Xander uh, and Cantlay just outside the top 10. Like, how different will it be this year, you know? And so I think right. it's you know, with only five months out, uh, and I was looking at the um, mm-hmm. the last <coughs> eight, nine weeks of the PGA Tour, really since the West Coast swing, when things really kind of pick up and the fields really get strong. And if you look at the winners um, of the last nine or so weeks on tour, it is, you know, all the usual suspects. Reed, Kepka, who may or may not be injured, Berger. Yeah. Um, you know, our guy Max Homa won, which is great. Oh, yeah. But then you got more Cowell won again. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryson won at Arnold Palmer. Justin won with players. Like, it's like these guys are all in form. Yeah. This is, when we talk about our draft here in a minute, probably the most wide open year for who those top five or even top ten picks will be. For sure. I mean, so if we look at that leaderboard, right, and I don't want to jump from Dustin too quickly, right? Do we think going into this year, like, is he the unequivocal Equivocal favorite? I don't think there is one, John. What do you think? I don't think there's an unequivocal favorite. I don't think it's Dustin that he's not been great recently. I don't know. I think I don't either. I don't think there is one favorite. Um, DJ hasn't played. And when's the last time he even played? I guess he played. Well, he played in the match play, right? Yeah, he did play in the match play. He, did play he got beat by Kevin Nuff. So, you know, <laughs> but match play is his own, his own thing. It's mm-hmm. a different thing. But I don't know that there's a, a prohibited favorite. I do think. <laughs> You know, DJ winning in November, I would say he's the favorite. You know, and, and if you look at the um, the odds, he's mm-hmm. he is the favorite. Right. You know, he's eight to one odds to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryson's second and nine to one. I think it's also going to be important to note, it's not the same golf course, even though it's Augusta National. We saw in November. November was soft. 
you know, they didn't have the firm conditions they're used to having. Um, every bit of news coming out of Augusta now is it's playing as firm as it ever has. They got the greens firmed up. They've shaved the banks. That they're taking the book out of kind of they're taking the, the page out of Riviera's book uh, and really trying to make this a firm golf course. And so that's different. Dustin likes. I mean, he likes any golf course, but a soft golf course favors someone like for Dustin. sure. Yeah. That's true, right? And I'm, I'm sure they the the Augusta National wants it, or not Augusta, but the Masters they want it to be different. They want mm -hmm. it to be different from November. They want it to be hard and fast. They don't want to be 20 under par. I'll tell no, you that that is no. not a number they liked. Yeah, I mean it's certainly. And so if we're looking at that leaderboard, right? There's Dustin. There's Cam Smith, like you're saying, Sung Jay. What are who are people in that top 10 that you can envision staying there, right? Like if, if you're looking at this year out of this top 10, Pat Reed, Connors. Simpson, Rom, Kepka, well, he won't be there. Pan, CT Pan. No, top 10. Uh, I don't, don't, let's not skip over John Rom and to talk about CT Pan. But I think CT Pan, I think CT Pan would even say the same thing. Right. I think Rom, if I had to put someone other than DJ at the top, I love John Rom this year. Okay. Now, why can you explain that? Because I'm not as thrilled about Rom. I think he's, I think he's laying in the weeds. I, I love John Rom too, just because he's so unbelievably talented. Right. Uh, I wouldn't bet on him. You know, he's, he's 12 to one. So I'm not betting him to win. Right. But certainly I think he will be there at the end. Hypothetically betting. Hypothetically. Yeah. Um, what does CT stand for? Do you guys have any idea? I know he's top 10 at the Masters. We should know this. Uh, CT. Charles Turner. <laughs> Charles Turner Pan. Yeah. I, I thought that's what it was. It was. <laughs> I think it, I thought it was Kerry the. I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't think you should ask me. I'm the guy who thought Victor Perez was from Argentina until someone told me he was French. Like, like, like I told you guys, I think my diversity training classes, I need to go back. I mean, in fairness, his name is Perez. It is, but that was a miss. Um, but yeah, so even someone, right, like there's Justin Thomas at the top, and right, he's our player's champion, right? He was fourth last year, fourth solo. Like he should be probably, so when we talk about Rory, is another one up there. Is Rory, Is could this be the year that he completes it? I don't think so. I think Rory, and John and I think have been listening and reading a little bit about this, he has made some changes to his golf swing to try to pick up speed. And he's even admitted the Players' Championship that was a mistake. And mm -hmm. um, that his desire to pick up speed has kind of made him more crooked. Uh, and I don't think that's going to transition well. His play yeah. in the Players' Championship echoed that as well. He won it one year and couldn't make the cut the next. I'm yeah. super disappointed in Rory in, you know, I think Bryson has had a tremendous impact on him, what Bryson has done. And I'm just super disappointed that you have the best driver in the game of golf in Rory McIlroy. And he's trying to change, you know, to pick up a, a couple miles per hour because of what Bryson's doing. That's just disappointing. I mean, he's the best driver in the game. It is disappointing. It's also really a testament to Rory to admit that in public. Because if he hadn't said that, I don't think we all would have really understood why he's struggling. So his I don't want to punish him for his transparency, but you're right. It is a little bit disappointing. I think he's disappointed himself. Yeah. Right. So and there. So thinking, speaking of right, chasing Bryson. So last year Bryson opened with a seventy and then seventy four. Right. He was made the cut. I think maybe on the number. On the number. Right there. Hit a rally at the seventy four to make a cut. I think I remember right. that. And so looking at that, right. In some ways, you're like, oh, maybe he's not cut out for it. But we know, right, that he can attack this golf course. But it's also if it's playing hard and fast, that definitely hurts him more than anybody. It does. Uh, and so I think if he was gonna do well. Last year in November, when it's soft, is his best chance. Yeah. Right. I think everybody who talked about his Arnold Palmer win, which was a great win, mm -hmm. um, 
said that that golf course was longer rough. It's set up for softer, It's set up for him so he can bomb and gouge, whereas mm-hmm. fast and firm doesn't let someone bomb and gouge. He doesn't, his advantage is it's right. not totally taken away, but it's really muted at a place like if Augustus firm and fast versus Arnold Palmer, which has rough all around the greens, rough mm-hmm. up, you know, both sides of the fairway where you have to dig it out. And that's where big, you know, long hitters have a distinct advantage. They can bomb it down there, chop a wedge out. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't know if Bryson's a favorite. I think you got to have him. Right. You know, if we're drafting. He's got to be top ten. I think he'll go top ten. I will not take him. I mean, uh, you know, I think I think someone will take him, obviously. But if I had the tenth pick and it's Bryson or Corey Connors, I'm taking Corey Connors. Well, he is right now. Uh, I'm Fanduel eight to one, which is again a ridiculous odd. No one's going to bet that to win. Uh, but he's he's a favorite with Dustin on on our Fanduel. Yeah. Really. And so. So the question, though, right, is, is, is you know, Bryson could be so polarizing. Now, would, would you want him to be in contention on the weekend, right? Is that something you're like, oh, man, that would be fun to watch, or you're just like, man, I'm tired of this guy. Like, we, I don't want to we have this text exchange. Sean asked me this, and I think our good friend Joseph Williams, shout out to Joseph because he's listening, wanted to know more. So I think a lot of people are conflicted. Do, should I like what he's doing or not? I love it. It's compelling to watch. There's no the job of these dudes is to get it in the hole as quickly as possible. God bless Bryson for trying to take a way to that that hasn't been seen before. I appreciate that he's doing something different. I can't stand Bryson just the way he plays because he just seems like such a whiner. Mm-hmm. And it has more to do with that than it does him changing the game of golf or, or you know, doing what he's doing. Um, but I just, I can't stand guys that just kind of whine and complain and, you know, and that seems like that's who he is. Right. Yeah, yeah, the whining is tough. You know, the ants, all those different. You know, he he's looking for an edge where he can get it, but he is. It's not like he's making friends out there. It doesn't seem like at least. But I will say, right, like we were talking, um, Josh, right? You were out, I believe, in Scottsdale, and we were talking about him at the Arnold Palmer, mm-hmm. right? There's that whole six. That's that par five. The whole whole place stopped and watched him. That's where he's aiming. <laughs> And that's where he's headed, just a little bit right of it, but this ball appears to be hammered. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's so far up there. And now, to be honest with you, it's in the right rough and with the whole cut front right. And no one's having more fun, Gary, than DeChambeau. Yeah. Did you see what he did? Both oh, hands yeah. in the air as if to say, you wanted it, did it. you got it. Yep. Like, so you were amazing. I was at a sports bar in Scottsdale, Arizona during the, the final round of the Arnold Palmer, and he got up on that six tee, and everybody stopped. Not just us who love golf. I mean, there were kids. There were, you know, I'm, who am I to judge who loves golf or not? But the right. whole place was watching him hit that golf ball, and I think that's what you're getting. He is magnetic. He's changing the mm-hmm. game. He's younger guys. I, I'm in as our golf coach. I'm in our simulator with these guys, and they care about their club and speed numbers and their ball speed numbers. They mm-hmm. pay really close attention to those numbers yeah. uh, and i think he's creating that culture and i think we're going to see the speeds continue to go up unless equipment changes yeah that's true i mean i'm interested to see him have 150 yards in on number 15 right it's kind of fun but at the same time i just he drives me so crazy i don't i don't want to see it. whatever the case is he's he's compelling to watch yeah. if, if not you're not magnetized by him you may be repulsed by what he's doing but you, you can't look away right and i think that's what makes the experience kind of interesting with him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of random, like saying you have 150 yards in on 15, you guys have been both been to Augusta National. Right, talk about that slant of that slope going down 15 right there and then how tiny that green is. Or 10 or 11 or 
fill in the blank. Yeah, I was listening to uh, this morning. The I guess the Golf Channel is it Augusta this week mm-hmm. uh, for the for the women's amateur, and um, they were talking about the Brandon Chambly was saying that. 15, the, the chip on 15, the, the pros say is the hardest chip in, uh, that they have the whole year. Uh, over the water, you know, obviously mm-hmm. it drops off in the back and they say that, that is the hardest chip that they have all year. Mm-hmm. You may just be building, you know, building it up. But right. um, I, I, I like 15, I love 13. I like 15, uh, I think it is, it's a, a great hole and, and um, but it's, it's really, really hard. It's a lot harder than right. you think. I don't think any course uses their elevation changes better than Augusta. The, the, right. the, the rolling nature of that golf course, they've built constructed holes that are so perfect uh, to those. And you, like, I think, John, you and I first went, you know, we, we told this story last time that seeing the honorary starters, Arnold Palmer, the last time was the highlight, but then you and I immediately went and walked and put our chairs down on 16, and that walk took us down 10. And, you know, I've watched the Masters for, gosh, 30 some years and I, my mind's eye knew what 10 looked like, but you just don't know. And so you yeah. walk down and see what that slope looks like and how it moves uh, and how these courses, uh, how this course uses contours uh, is amazing. I, I felt the same way for the second hole, a hole that, you know, we, we kind of never really see much of in the broadcast, yeah. how important elevation is on that hole and how you can use that to your advantage or it can bite you. Um, it's amazing what that course does with their elevation change. It is amazing. And 10, 10 is my favorite hole in the course when you, when you're there. I mean, I think, you know, watching it on, on TV is a little bit different, but when you're on the course, 10 is a thing of beauty, uh, you know, the, with the bunker there and, and the, the way that, you know, it's the slope that you can catch and get some extra yards. And it's just a beautiful hole. I also will never forget going there in 92 and seeing um, uh, Ballesteros and uh, Old Thobble playing a practice round. Wow. And, uh, and as they're walking off, you know, and, and we're trying to be patrons and, and, uh, we look at, at, uh, old Fable was like, buena suerte, which I guess means good luck. Someone told us it means good luck in Spanish. And he looked at us and said, you know, thank you. And it was a really cool moment, but. Sevi Ballesteros was my hero. An artist with a golf club. Augusta National serving as his canvas. Oh. That's I awesome. love, also love Seven Ballesteros stories. I'll take all of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's Actually, so great. Let's talk about, go ahead. What well, I was going to say, just before we move on yeah, yeah. and close the book on the 2020 November. Or so 2020, okay. Yeah. yeah. I want to look right. So there's some randos that are in that top 10, kind of people that are a little off the radar. And I'm not, no offense to Corey Connors and your family and all Canadians. I love you all. Um, but it, like, it's kind of like, oh, like that's weird. Corey Connors top 10, you had... C.T. Pan, Dylan Fratelli with a top five, and then Sung Jae, who is is becoming a name, but is still random. And Cam Smith, of those guys, do you think who is are the can those people repeat what they've well, done? I, I want to be. And this is not. These guys are all great. So this is going to sound really bad. But these guys are having played a little professional golf myself. These guys are. Every one of these guys is elite, elite. And they can beat each other on any given day. Right. Um, but I will say this. To put, you know, C.T. Pan or Corey Connors in the same sentence as maybe a Cam Smith or a Sanjay, I think Sanjay and Cam have yeah. separated themselves in the top 30 players. And I think there's no question they are. For sure. So if you were to ask from that list last year, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see Sanjay or Cam Smith consistently contend. I mean, Cam Smith is the first player yeah. ever to shoot four rounds in the 60s at Augusta. Right. I, nothing would shock me if he won it this year. 
Whereas if you said, hey, C.T. Pan or Dylan Fratelli will be back up there, or even Corey Connors, I'd be a little bit shocked. I think historically, you're going to see guys always kind of sneak in the top 10 of Augusta, but systematically, mm-hmm. you're going to see the same guys every year. And I would not be surprised yeah. if Sanjay and Cam Smith become those two of those guys. Yeah, I do think Sanjay and Cam Smith are separate from the other guys. But I would not put Corey Connors with the other ones that you mentioned. Okay. I think Corey Connors is another step up. I don't know that he's with um, Cam and, and Sanjay, but he's definitely ahead of Fratelli, uh, CT Pan, all great golfers, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think Corey Connors has had more success than those guys um, so far. Yeah, and so you know, it's, it's just funny. Like I don't even know if anyone picked Dylan Fratelli last year, right? Like, I, I, can't doubt, I, can't I doubt that anyone did. picked him. Yeah. But he is a guy that makes a lot of cuts, and he's played a lot better over the past year, right? Obviously, in the top five, like he's someone I would consider taking as a late pick instead yeah. of. He's definitely a fourth, fifth rounder. I mean, I can't, I mean uh, Corey Connors, Corey no, Connors for sure. But even Fratelli, right? Like, would you take Zach Johnson or? I would not touch Fratelli with a ten foot pole. I mean, really? I played, yeah, I know he played well. Uh, he is looks good, and he's also a long hitter. And so yeah. November soft conditions. That's probably true. So maybe it, it maybe helps that's him. Why he okay. Well, well, Josh, I, I think you wanted to move on and look ahead, right? Well, I mean, I don't know. We kind of we're touching a little bit of both. Talk about who might play well this year. Mm-hmm. And talk about the golf course and. Um, first of all, I think it's important to acknowledge it's going to feel different because there's no Tiger. And I oh, think yeah. mm. the, the, you know, this is the first April Masters without Tiger. Um, and obviously having him alive and well, and I, I don't mm. anticipate that obviously he'll make an appearance at the Champions Dinner. Yeah. Um, but his absence probably pretty noticeable because his all eyes are on him in November. I mean, yeah. all eyes. If you talk about, you know, DJ after the fact, before the fact, and Rory before the fact, Everybody wanted to know what Tiger could do in November. Yeah. So to have him five and a half months later, maybe done with his career, it's really kind of sad to think this may be the first post-Tiger era Masters. Yeah. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory. That, that's not, why, why would you say that? I know. I know. It has to be said. And he, and he did top 40 last year. He ended for sure at 38th. Like he, you know, I know he struggled and probably wasn't pleased with his performance, but, you know, he was, you know, part of the weekend. Uh, and so then to just all of a sudden just not even have him there really just will set a tone. Like I'm sure the players will feel it too. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm not emotionally ready to say that Tiger's done at Augusta. No. Uh, he can't be. It's no, that's not, that's not, we're not to that point yet. But I do think there's an attention vacuum now with him not being there. 100%. And I don't know, no one can feel that, right. but I don't know where the narrative is this year. And I've watched a lot of coverage thus far. And I think even the media is having a tough time finding the appropriate narrative, not when it comes to Tiger, it just comes to this Masters, um, which also makes me feel like it's just so wide open. Yeah. Um, but I just want to acknowledge not having Tiger there is really going to stink because it's, I'll never, 2019 sure. now in hindsight becomes maybe one of the most important sporting events of our lifetime. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Well, then let's look at, you know, going into this year, right? We've got our draft is coming up. How soon, John, is the, the Masters draft? Tuesday. Tuesday of Masters week, yeah. So, John, explain what we do. I think yeah. for those, the thousands upon thousands of listeners who don't understand exactly why we actually. Let's are not get carried away. It's hundreds. Hundreds of thousands, I meant. <laughs> So uh, we've got 10 guys in our, uh, in our pool and each of them draft five golfers uh, using a snake draft. 
the top three, your lowest three scores for the week count. Uh, and the winner receives uh, all the pride and glory that go along with winning. You have to get three guys through, obviously, to continue through the cut. Uh, if you don't, then you're out. Also, if you get all five guys through the cut, you get your money back. Also, if you get none of your five guys through the cut, you get your money back, which has never happened. That's never happened? Never happened. Oh. I mean, round one, your round one guy should get through. I, I feel like Justin Parker has yeah. tried intentionally a few times. This hasn't worked out. Great. Now we can't let Justin hear this podcast. Justin, we love you. <laughs> Justin, by the way, your team's consistently out before mine, so it doesn't even – I talk with one foot squarely in my mouth. <laughs> No, it, it, it's an exciting time of year, right? That Talk about like, what does that day feel like, of, right? We're trying to draft these players like in a, in a finite amount of time, right? We're also trying to work, you know, with students staring at us. and uh... Speak for yourself. I am 100% <laughs> focused on the draft that day. There, sure. was, there was a moment last year where I had this massive spreadsheet. It looked kind of like the True Detective board uh, that, that Russ Cole had in my... Look, I'd consider myself a realist, all right? But in philosophical terms, I'm what's called a pessimist. Um, students were like, Mr. Copeland, you know your screen is showing. And it's just got these like <laughs> color-coded Excel spreadsheets with who to pick and who not to pick. And and then uh, it, was a, it was a good lesson for everyone. And if you miss your, your time to draft, you get auto-drafted for the next mm -hmm. uh, player on the official World Golf Rankings. And Bill Whittemore chose that route for his whole draft last year. And I think he finished second yeah. in our pool. So uh, all the work and research we put in means absolutely nothing. Let's talk about work and research. And we talk about this a lot. I don't know who a consensus number one pick might be. Mm -hmm. I, there are five guys right now that I can conceivably see someone taking number one. Well, and so let's do this maybe just right now. If we, if you were given the one pick, because I know that none of us will probably end up getting it, it'll probably be. I've never gotten the number who, one. Who's pick. gonna be? Who's gonna probably be the number one pick this year? I don't. That's the thing. I don't. Know. If, if I were drafting first, I would take DJ. Okay, you would I mean, take you DJ. Have to take DJ, right? You have to. I don't think he's consensus. I mean, Justin won the players a couple of weeks ago. Bryson has been Bryson. He's so enticing. He's gonna. He's mm -hmm. gonna play well. Um, Rory still might titillate somebody into if the, the right person has that spot. Um, and, and you also, uh, I feel like I'm missing one here. Uh, Bryson, DJ, Justin, Rory, uh, John Rahm, you yeah. know, I think could easily be. So I think there's five guys right there. Well, I mean, I, speak for yourself. I, I'd be tempted to look at speed. Be good. Oh, God, be good. I think it might Come be. Come on, be good. Sit down, Walt. Sit down. Sit down. Fight. Softly. Softly. Yeah. All right, let's do it. If I thought we might wait 15 minutes in this. No, no, my friend. I mean, as we're recording, he is competing in another tournament. He's on another leaderboard. He's not even an elephant in the room. I feel like he's the whole room right now. He he's the guy filling the tiger back. But he hasn't won yet. No. You know, I mean, I, I think if you're drafting, when you're drafting your number one pick in, in the Masters draft, you want someone who wins. He's going to win. Or, or, and I'm not saying Speed wouldn't win. Obviously, he's won the Masters before. He's had great success there. But he hasn't had great success since the debacle on 12. No. And, and I, I think the, the bigger point, and you're making this point, is that there's just too big a spectrum of where he might finish. Right. You know, whereas if you got DJ, you're getting a top 10. 
Speed can miss the cut. Speed can win. It's true. Right. Um, so that's kind of what you're looking at. But I will say a month ago, we were joking around about, you know, someone's going to take speed from the first round. Yeah. You know, he had a couple good tournaments and now it's like, what do we know? It's going to be us. Yeah. He's a you, first round guy. You have to. If you got the ninth pick and you're looking at, and you, we've had this debate, if you're looking at Xander or Colin um, or Spieth or Morikawa, I think now Spieth, you legitimately have to consider a guy. Well, let's play, let's play a fun game. If you had the choice of taking, let's say you're at the ninth pick and you have the choice of Finau or Jordan, who do you take? Oh, well, we know who Josh would take. <laughs> who would you take, Josh? Well, I've, I've ridden Tony Finau on my Daily Fantasy almost every turn, but the last two events, he is, he's, he's stabbed me in the back. He's not playing well today. So, no, he's not playing well today. And I've, I've won a lot of money with him over my friend John Pierce this year, and now yeah. I've, he's cost me some money. So I think I'm taking speed over Finau. What about you? I would probably take Fina over Speed. Oh, it's yeah. a tell. I mean, yeah. role reversal. Role, role reversal. Is that I, the? Why would you say that? I just don't like Josh was saying. I don't trust Speed. I, I, yeah. I think obviously he's been playing great, and um, I don't know. I just don't trust him. I think he feels something different at Augusta. I think his. I think the collapse on twelve replaced all the good feelings he had. I yeah. really do. I think he's got a mental block. Well, yeah. Well, so, nothing beats a mental block like kicking down the door, doing it again. Yeah, and he may do that. And I don't think Tony. I think Tony's not going to recover from the fact that a guy missed a three foot putt, and then a guy hit it right behind a tree in the playoff, and Fino still couldn't win that tournament. Well, Fino's not going to win. We know that. I mean, but we, I do think yeah. he's capable of finishing he's, top ten. He's a solid pick, right? Like you yeah. feel. I feel confident in taking yeah, Fino and knowing fair. he will make the cuts. Yeah, that's fair. In, in Even finishing. as he's missing the cut this week at the Villar Texas Open, <laughs> because he's biding his time. Right. For he needs more time to rest and get ready for next week. <laughs> I'm also going to say, and I don't know where this person will land in our draft, and not that this is a person, but mm-hmm. the type of player. This might be a year where a uh, an elite non-major winner comes in and wins like a Morikawa did at the PGA mm. uh, at Harding. I think this might be the year that we see someone like I. I don't know. I'm not going to say. Um, Tony, who's just talked about him, but you might see a Cam Smith, um, you might see a Tyrrell Hatton, uh, a Paul Casey, oh. uh, a Victor Hovland. Like, mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see any of those guys. Xander, maybe at the top of that. Has Xander won a major yet? Rom. No. He has not won a major. But I, yeah, Rom, I think Rom, is, Rom seems to be a little bit categorically ahead of some of that, that list of guys I talked about. Right, but, but major. I think, I think you find this a breakthrough for somebody this year. I don't know. I kind of feel the, the opposite. I think this year may be a, a year that reverts back to the tried and true. Uh, mm. Just because I think Augusta's going to play, and I haven't looked at the weather forecast. Does anybody look at the weather? Yeah, it looks nice. It does. Okay. It looks hot the first couple of days and then a little bit cooler when you're over the week. But no rain? It's not supposed to rain. Okay, so I think it's going to, I think it may revert back yeah. to the yeah. traditional. You know, Did he look course. at the weather? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I expect guys, I don't, I don't expect it to be a, Morikawa's different, you know, guys like Morikawa are different, uh, you know, but I don't expect, yeah. this, I don't expect Terrell Hatton or Paul Casey to win. Hmm. Yeah, it is, it is one of those, uh, so I'm looking through, right, we've, we've looked through these favorites, right, but then the interesting thing is when you go down to that next tier of like the 10 through 20, you know, I'm looking at this fan duel as the, the odds rankings, like, there's some value out there for sure, right? Uh, to be had. Well, that's my question, John. Like, I hear you loud and clear. I think you, it's better than a coin flip that you're right. But I also, would you be at all surprised to leaderboard with Matthew Fitzpatrick, Joaquin Neiman, 
Tommy Fleetwood, who played well at the All playing well. Your boy Will, he's Al Torres, uh, Abe Answer. Would you be surprised to leave one of those guys in contention on no, Sunday? No, I would not. I would not be surprised. But when you're talking about actually winning, mm. I think, you know, I think it's going to be Rob or Thomas or DJ, you know, McElroy even possibly, you know, guys that have done it before, been up there. You know, and I say Rob yeah. because I do agree with you that he's different. Mm -hmm. has he, he hasn't won a major yet. No, he's not. But uh, he's different. He, I include him with those guys. Right. So when it comes to the picking, right, I, I've always been told, and you guys can help me with this, that, that like putting is such an essential part to winning the Masters. Yet, we've had people like Sergio win. We've had people like Adam Scott win. So is, is putting the most important thing? Or what do, what do we think about that? What does it take to win the Masters? I think you have to get hot putting. Yeah. So you look at Sergio. I mean, he's uh, obviously maybe the best ball striker that's ever played. And I think he got hot that week in putting. So I do think putting is probably the most important putting and chipping at, at Augusta. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when ball strikers get hot on the greens, then, you know, that's they're going to dominate. I think the... The guys you see every year, and the, especially the elite winners that we've had, are great iron players. I think the guys, because these greens all have places you can miss them or you can't miss them. And, and pin high in the right spot on most of these greens will give you a chance to make a putt. So, yes, putting well is great, but great iron players put themselves in spots to make easier putts. So if you look at Spieth, who is year in and year out one of the best iron players on tour, he can't hit the ball on the universe, but his iron play is fantastic. Tiger's the best iron player of all time. Mm -hmm. um, these are guys that, you know, will always have a chance at Augusta because they're great iron players. And they... Danny Willett. Sure. <laughs> right. Can't they, forget. Charles. They putt, they putt well, obviously, because they're putting from spots that are easier yeah. than the guy who's missing it with his irons in the wrong places. Mm -hmm. um, we know it's not a terribly difficult driving golf course you know there are spots you can't hit it really bad but you know this course doesn't have a lot of rough it's going to be faster you're going to be able to have angles into greens but you've got to be able to be precise with your irons and i think if you are a good iron player it automatically sets up easier putts meaning that the guys who make more putts will be the guys who have easier putts to make so so a question i have i'm looking at this this ranking right here and it says that Scotty Scheffler is a guy that just pops out to me, you know, someone that you've gotten to see Josh Wright in person, mm -hmm. right? He's played, when, when did you see him I've play? Seen a, I've seen a lot of professional golf in my life and I've played with a lot of great players. We followed uh, Scotty Scheffler in the 2018 National Golf Open at my home course at National Golf and Athletic Club. He shot 63, he bogeyed the 17th hole. And it was one of the most amazing ball striking uh, examples I've ever seen. He lost in the playoff to a guy who made a birdie from I can't even tell you the ridiculous birdie. That's a whole different podcast. Mm -hmm. But I'll never forget watching Scotty Shuffle that day. We walked, we walked with him about 11 holes because it was magnetic to watch. It was beyond what any of those other guys that we were watching that day mm -hmm. were doing. And I was not remotely surprised when his – it's only a matter of time for this guy starts winning consistently. It is right. – it's something to watch him hit a golf ball. So he finished second in the match play last week. Yeah. He is top 10, you know, right now heading into the weekend – at the Valero mm -hmm. week before the Augusta. Can he continue that? Is he is he hot? Can he continue that? Or I would even say right, he's right now he's at 24th, right? As far as odds go to to winning. Is that plus 4100? I like, might, you know what? While we're sitting here, <laughs> I'm gonna put a taste on that. that but, I just I got myself all hot and bothered over him. Hypothetically. <laughs> um, 
No, but seriously, so is that at 24th out of the field, do we think that he, like, would you draft him high? I would look at him almost high second round. Yeah, I would take him before 24th, that's for sure. I'm not, I don't have the list in front of me, but I would certainly think he'd be a top 20 pick. So Bubba Watson or Scotty Scheffler? Uh, Scotty oh, Scheffler. Scotty, for sure. Um, Terrell Hatton or Scotty Scheffler? Scotty Scheffler. Wow. See, I, I think that's wow. close. Wow. wow. My favorite game here. Wow. Uh, Victor Hoblin. Ooh. Still take Scotty. Wow. He's not playing well right He's now. He's been yeah. more consistent than Hoblin. That's true. Lee Westwood uh, or Scotty Scheffler. Emotionally, you want to take Lee, but you got to take Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, I'm definitely taking What about Cantlay or Scotty Scheffler? That one, I, I think I'd take Cantlay. Got to okay. take Cantlay. That guy is a stud. Yeah, I think that's the one. I think that's where maybe the line is because Cantlay probably goes eight, eight through 12 in this draft. Cantlay is yeah. somewhere in that, depending on who's drafting those spots. I don't think Scheffler is in that eight to 12 range. Mm-hmm. I think Jeff Scheffler is definitely in that 13 to 20 range in this draft. Patty Reed or Scotty Scheffler? Pat Reed. Yeah. I mean, he'll get a couple good lies and, you know, just so no one sees and it'll be, it'll be easy. Every shot's broadcast at the Masters. He's not going to get away with it. I don't know, man. Um, well, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Um, you know, one of the things that's going to be different, right, between November and this year is patrons, right? And I want to make sure we get that patrons, right? I don't want to be a Sean McDonough and get kicked off of the broadcast because I call them fans. I don't, I don't want the uh, what, is the, what is the patron policy this week? Are they operating like 20%? I don't, not sure what the actual patron, there uh, will be patrons. There. It's yeah. Georgia, man. Anything goes yeah, in Georgia. Right. Brian Kemp's letting everyone in. <laughs> but the Masters is one of the few events they don't need to have fans to make money. You know, like, A, they're making a ton of money just on their online merchandise sales. Uh, you know, last year, John, and hey, you guys came over. I got the taste of Augusta. Mm-hmm. I got a, basically a $200 box steak salad, you know? So, like, they're doing just fine with money. Money well spent. <laughs> so, it's, they don't need to have patrons there. However, no event in any sporting, I don't think any sporting event has a feel right with their fans quite like the masters does we have yeah. patrons there the taste of masters was was awesome it was awesome almost That's, as good as the taste of the valera texas open but <laughs> it's a different it's a different taste <laughs> it was the best purchase i made last year and i uh i put it down pay my daughter's college so it was the taste of the valera texas open is like licking uh, a saddle a leather saddle <laughs> Is what they send you just like a saddle lick? Yeah, we do have these awesome Masters Cups brought to you by That's right. the Masters. We got those 2020, 2020 Masters Cups. Those are going to be collectible. They are yeah. collectible, right? I mean, that's awesome. So, so looking at the patrons, do we think that that's going to make a difference, right? For you know, some of these random players versus the experienced guys. I this was a big point of conversation in November. We yeah, talked about this because I, at the time, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back here, but at the time, I did think. Not having fans there is going to make it easier for guys who may not traditionally be winners to win. And almost immediately, Morikawa won. And we see Morikawa winning the, the, the PGA. PGA. And so I think oh, this... <laughs> well, we're going to take that Molly. Molly. Is that, is that, is that Molinari <laughs> and Morikawa's love title? Molinari. Well, Molinari is a different story, man. Seeing a career that also died at Augusta. I think the back nine is going to feel different on Sunday this year. I'm I think that will so excited about hearing a roar at yeah. Augusta. It's going to be amazing.
amazing. It just it matters more at Augusta to hear those, and guys know that for too. sure. Um, and Roy said as much. I, I miss the fans. And Tiger did too. Tiger did as much as he hated the attention. And if you watch the documentary, he just almost shies away from it. He feeds off of the energy, and I oh, think guys yeah. like. I think Rory, it has certainly impacted Rory. I know we talked about him changing his swing and trying to add miles per hour, but I think not having fans has really impacted Rory. Yeah, just like, because people will yeah. rally behind him, like yeah. you, uh, right. Rory Acolyte. Yeah. Um, right, it's, it's one of those things where maybe that's why Cam Smith, could, you know, he could just lock in and play golf. Like, he is really good. But then there's also, I don't know, like the... There's no way Cam Smith shoots four rounds in the 60s last year. There's patrons there. I just, he's there's a great player. Imagine, like, people, how much fun they would have made of his mustache. I mean, right. you know, that's, you know... A little bit of ribbing. That's going to have an impact. I personally think the mustache looked great. Of course you do. <laughs> but so, look at the disrespect, though. Cam Smith is at number 18 as far as odds go, plus 3,700. And came in second last year. Yeah. So, I think clearly, right, they understand... That it's going to be a little different with the Patriots. Yeah, I, I'm taking Cam Smith top twelve if I have if I have Cam Smith or Scotty Scheffler. Cam Smith, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cam Smith or Patrick Cantlay? Wait, I think we. Oh, Cam Smith or Patrick Cantlay? Uh, Cantlay. Wow, I'll go Cam. But I think that's. I think you're you're right now in the territory of like it's a coin flip. Yeah. Thanks for listening to part one of the 2021 Masters Pod. Please look for part two coming your way soon.